0: We're going to take our Bibles this morning and turn to Mark chapter 4. Mark is the second uh, book of the New Testament. Uh, You got Matthew, then Mark. Uh, and uh, Mark is uh, one, one of the four Gospels, one of the uh, four books of the Bible that's called the Gospels, and that is the, the testimonies uh, of these men who, who observed the life of Jesus. Uh, uh, Matthew and John observed the life of Jesus. Mark was, uh, I guess you could call him a protege, a protege or a disciple uh, that uh, was trained by, uh, by Peter, and uh, and Mark had had served with uh, with Paul for a short time, uh, but uh, mainly he served with Peter. Uh, Luke was a doctor that uh, that uh, he was a physician that. Uh, served with the Apostle Paul and went around gathering, uh, gathering lots of information. He got eyewitness testimonies for everything and corroborated the stories before he put them down in the Gospel of Luke. And then uh, he did the same for, uh, for the Book of Acts as well as he told about the, uh, the start of the of the early church and it has how the church got its beginnings. Uh, but in the Book of Mark, we're going to look at chapter four. Mark chapter 4 Jesus is speaking to a group of people that have followed him they've come out to the uh, to the, the seashore there to watch watch him work miracles and listen to him preach and uh, and he says starting in verse number 3 he said harken behold there went a, there went out a sower to sow and it came to pass as he sowed some fell by the wayside and uh, the fowls of the air came and devoured it up And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. Uh, But when the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground. And it did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100. 100. And he said unto them, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. This, uh, this kind of seems like a, a silly statement, but, to, but he's saying, hey, look, God has given you some ears that he wants you to use to listen. Now, many times, many times we, we listen uh, so we can find something to argue about, right? We listen to, res- to, to argue. We listen to respond. But what God wants us to do is he wants us to listen to understand, he wants us to listen to receive his truth, to believe his word, and to respond to him after he's after we've understood uh, what he's saying to us, uh, to respond to him in the way that he deserves. And uh, so that's what he's calling us to today. As he speaks about this uh, sower that sowed the seed and uh, and res- that resulted in a harvest, he said some, brought forth 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100. Now, as we go to the Lord in prayer, let's ask him to help us uh, this morning. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for, uh, for the message that you have for us today from your word. Lord, I'm just a I'm just a conduit. I pray that you would uh, that your spirit would flow through me. That the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in your sight, Lord. I pray that the things that I say would be honoring and glorifying to you, and it would be edifying to your uh, to your people. Lord, I pray for those that are here today that perhaps they've never trusted you as their savior. I pray that the truth of your word would so minister to their hearts that they would realize the truth and they would come uh, to trust in you and to, uh, to enter into that relationship with you this, this day. Lord, we praise you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, I understand that uh, when, it, when it comes to church, there are people that have different opinions, different ideas, and there are many that uh, many that would say, you know, church is not my thing. I don't. I don't. Be- Some would say I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe in in God. I don't believe in Jesus. Uh, and and you know, you're, uh, if if you're here today and that's that's your position, hey, I I want to say thank you for coming. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that you are in a, in a that you've come to this place where you're where you're going to hear uh, some things from the scriptures. I pray that I pray that you will not harden your heart and resist what God has for you. See, God has something for each and every one of us. God is interested in us individually. It's not just that God so loved the world as a whole that He, that he, wanted, that he uh, just loved us uh, as, as one big group, but he, loves, he does love everybody, but He loves us individually. He cares about each individual person. He's interested in you. He's inter- interested in me. He's interested in what is going on in our lives, and He cares about, about the details. And he wants, he wants you to be blessed in your life. He wants your life to, uh, to uh, he wants when you come to the end of your life, for you to be able to spend eternity with him. And so he's, he's given us his word that tells us about him, that tells us how we can get to heaven, and tells us how we can live a life that's honoring to him and that is full of the blessings of God. The Bible tells us at His right hand. I say right hand. At His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In His presence, there's fullness of joy. In His right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Hey, that sounds like a place where I want to be. Amen. And I'm glad that I'm glad that I don't have to wait till I get to heaven to uh, to have that fullness of joy and to enjoy those pleasures that are forevermore. I can enjoy those right now in the relationship that I have with God Almighty. And uh, as I spend time with him, as I, as I follow his word, as I uh, abide in him, uh, in that relationship, he speaks to me in his word. He speaks to me by his spirit and by his word, and he'll do the same for you. And what he wants us to do is he wants us to receive his word. In our, in our uh, uh, text here, Jesus is telling about a sower, a man who goes sowing seed. And later he talks to his disciples, and he and he gives them he gives them the the story behind the story. He gives them uh, the details, fills in the blanks a little bit, and he he helps them to understand what he's talking about. And he says the sower. He he goes on and uh, and let's see here in uh, in verse. I'm looking down here. Uh, Verse 14, he said, The sower soweth the word. So the sower is one that is going and spreading the word, that is taking the, the message of God's word around. So that sower that sower is, is me, that sower is you as a child of God. As you go and, and take the message of Jesus Christ, the word of God, around the world, whoever you share it with. And he says, uh, he said, uh, that uh, the, the, the field, of course, is, is the hearts of men, and it's uh, the, the people in the world, and it, as they're sowing the seed, some falls among stony ground, uh, some falls by the wayside, some falls among thorns, and some falls in the good ground. Now, the, the difference here, what he's trying to help us to see, is that sometimes the message is received, sometimes the message is rejected. Sometimes the message is hindered. Sometimes the message is choked out and the word of God is not able to have the effect that he wants it to have in our lives. So if you're here today and you want God to have his will in your life, we cannot cannot approach the word of God and, and the teachings of God's word with the attitude of, I know the Bible says that, but we cannot approach it with our own uh, with our own will in place, saying I'll do as much as I want to do and I won't do those things that's going to make me uncomfortable because that is, that is resisting the Word of God. And, and I, I, I don't want, to, I don't want to, uh, uh, to resist God's Word. I want Him to be able to have His will and way in my life. So I need to receive it. Now of course there are some things that we believe, and there are some things that we absolutely do not believe. Uh, there are some things that we that we will not we will not receive because uh, because the the evidence is not there. It's just factually uh, 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 well, it's just, the the facts are uh, don't back up the the uh, the arguments that people make. For instance, uh, the argument of a flat Earth. There are people that actually believe that the world is flat. But there, there's so much overwhelming evidence of the, of the sphere of the earth. And, and the, even the Bible talks about, uh, about the earth being, uh, being a sphere or a circle. And, and being round, and and uh, we we can see we can see by the uh, by the way the, the way that the sun journeys, uh, and and well the the earth is actually going around the sun. We can see that it that it is a, a round earth. It's not flat. But there are people that believe that it's flat, and they'll teach that it's flat. But that's a teaching that we just flat that we flat out reject. Amen. Maybe maybe some of you heard about the uh about the uh, the people who said that they were going to go uh back in August they were going to go and raid area 51 and reveal all the secrets there that our government is is holding and uh, keeping from us. And this group of people said they were going to gather uh and and at a certain time or a given signal they were going to they were going to run into this restricted area to capture the aliens or the alien uh uh properties that were there and and uh, expose it to the world, these space invaders, if you will they, they, they wouldn't just they weren't going to just run, but they they said they would they would utilize a style adopted from anime that is known as Naruto running. This is where a person runs, leaning forward with their hands stretched out behind them like this and and it is reportedly believed that in this style of running, that they'll go so fast that the guards that are there, those soldiers that are guarding this Area 51, that if they had to open fire, that the, bull- that the people would be running so fast the bullets wouldn't hit them. Uh, now, I don't know about you, but I'm not inclined to believe this. I, I don't believe it at all but, uh, for several reasons. One... The guy who came up with the idea to invade this Area 51, he recanted and said it was a gag. Secondly, even though thousands of people did go, and uh, they turned it into an event, two people were arrested. I guess maybe they didn't run right or something, you know. Uh, but they, they were arrested for trying to enter this restricted area. Uh, you know, the disturbing fact, though, is that people will believe things like this. But then they'll turn around and they will, they will reject truth that has been, that has been uh, proven over and over and over. For instance, uh, for, for example, the truth of the Word of God. The Bible has been proven to be true historically, scientifically, uh, archaeologically, geographically, logically and in many other ways. But people still want to reject it. But here's the thing. When when the truth has been proven to the degree that the Bible has, the only explanation for not believing is that a person is just choosing not to believe. They're saying, I don't want to believe. Now, why wouldn't somebody want to believe the truth? Probably because if they believe the truth, that means that they're going to have to give an account to the truth giver, to the one who is going to sit on the throne and judge us. But the Bible is good news. Jesus said that he didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved you know the the world is in turmoil the world is in strife there's lots of problems going on everywhere we turn if you listen to the news there's there's fightings here and there and and uh, i mean just the the bad news all the time i mean in in california right now uh, there's like 12 fires burning people are losing their homes and and uh, those acres and acres, thousands of acres of of uh, the the land are being burned up that's that's bad news. Some of it is is because somebody decided to to you know do something ridiculous, but some of it is a result of of the weather or something like that it's just It's just so sad that uh, that we hear we hear of these things constantly murders, abductions and and wars and uh, thing, and corruption in, in government and and so forth it's bad news, but Jesus said he came to give us good news. He came that we might have life and we might have life more abundantly. He wants you to rec- He wants you to have good news and that good news is the word of God, and that good news can have an effect in your life today if you will receive it. Jesus said Jesus said to the crowd that was gathered to hear him. He said, hearken. In other words, he's saying, listen listen to me. I want you to listen and pay attention to what I'm saying. He said, behold, he's like, focus in on my words. because, Because what I'm saying can make a real difference in your life. And he said, there's four there's four different types of people. There are those who, whose lives, who, there's, there's four different types of hearts. Four different types of people. And today, today I want to I talk to you about this, this matter of our heart and see how is your heart? Are you open to the truth of the word of God? Is the Word of God able to do its work in your life and produce the the desired crop? My sincere desire is to present the truth of God's Word to you in such a way that whether or not you come in here today believing it, that you will believe it when you leave. Not because of my eloquence and not because of my great personality and, and the, the funny things that I may or may not say. I, I'm, not on, I'm not depending on on humor to, to get my message across to you today. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a comedian, I'm not an entertainer. I'm called to deliver a message. And the message is one that is important for us to receive. So let me ask you first of all, how's your heart? How is your heart? Jesus tells us about, about these, uh, these four different types of ground and he's likening it to the hearts of men and, and uh, growing a crop. And, and I, I, was looking, I was looking this week and, and saw that across the United States, uh, farmers... Uh, They're working their land to provide fruits and vegetables for us to enjoy. In 2012, the USDA uh, found that over 40% of the land in the U.S. is used for farming. Uh, Now, some of that is pasture for livestock and all, but 42% of the farmland is used to grow crops. Now the, the number one crop was uh, corn for grain and, and all but uh, but they would uh, but these farmers as they as they go out and they they they'll plow their fields to prepare the uh, prepare the fields they'll uh, they'll plant the seed they'll fertilize they'll irrigate and uh, and they'll and they'll just cultivate those fields uh, to so it would grow a crop so that when harvest time comes they get the maximum uh, yield from that crop. And they'll go out and harvest the crop, and then they have a, a safe place to store it, and, and as they uh, begin to uh, begin to sell it, and and uh, and so forth. Uh, but uh, through the through the several millennia where uh, where man has been farming, it's been found that there are three uh, three main requirements for the germination of seeds. There's water, proper temperature, and the soil. And I could, I could go into, into each of these and, you know, uh, water, uh, water is necessary for the seed to grow and, and so forth. It needs to, the soil needs to, to have the proper amount of water so it will, uh, so it will uh, uh, nourish and, and nurture that seed. Uh, it needs to have the proper temperature because uh, some seeds, they're, they're just not going to grow in the freezing cold. It needs to be the proper temperature. But the, the, one of the main things is the, is the soil. And the soil uh, is so important because uh, certain seeds will, will grow better in certain types of soil than in others. But in order for the seed to grow, it needs the soil to have, to have some, uh, some uh, minerals and nutrients in it. And the soil needs to be broken up. It needs to be softened up. That's why, they, that's why farmers plow the field. They break up the soil to loosen it up, to give the roots a, a, some way to, to grow down in there easily and take root. Now, the seed will not grow until it's been planted in the soil, until it's received the appropriate amount of water or moisture and experiences a proper temperature. However, once these three are met, the seed will grow and it has the opportunity to produce the desired crop. Jesus speaks of the growth of the seed in Mark 4 when he says that some seed fell on good ground and yielded 30-fold, some 60, some 100. And, and that, that means that, that the farmer was able to see a return of 30 times uh, his, his investment, 60 times his investment, or 100 times his investment. And that seems like a pretty good yield to me. That's the kind of growth that I would like to see in my life. That's the kind of growth I'd like to see in yours and, and, to, and to see through the church. But there are other places where the seed fell where it did not yield anything. Now, knowing the, the love that God has for us, the power of God and His Word, and the potential that He's planned for us, I want to open my life to Him. I want to open my heart to, for my heart and life to be good soil, to receive that seed. And I want, I want to ask you this morning, is your, is your heart open to the Word of God? Or is your, is your heart hardened? Is, how is your heart? Is it hardened this morning? Uh, the, the, the Bible tells us here, Jesus speaks of the hardened heart. And he said, he said that some seed fell by the wayside. And uh, and this, this, this was earth that was packed down. Uh, maybe somebody had, had walked on it. Maybe it had been used to, as people were traveling here and there. And the earth was packed down. It was hardened. And it did not receive the seed. The seed lay on top of the soil. And it was not, it was not received in. It was not able to, uh, to receive the, the warmth and, and, and uh, the, the, the uh, uh, nutrients from the soil because it was just laying there on top. Well, what happened, the Bible tells us, the birds of the air came, and they stole the seed away. And what happens to, uh, in, in our hearts spiritually, the, the spiritual picture here, is a heart that is closed off to the word of God. And the message of God is preached, the truth of God's word is proclaimed, and, but we have hardened our hearts where we will not receive His word. And when we do not receive his word, Satan comes along and he steals that seed away. So it doesn't have a chance to take root in our hearts. I pray that there's no one here today that has hardened your heart. Uh, Now, hearts are hardened for various reasons. I said this this wayside was packed down because uh, because perhaps traffic or uh, had, had had that had been used as a as a pathway for where, where people would walk and and travel and and may, maybe you've had people to just walk all over you, and you've hardened your heart. Maybe, maybe you've had some uh, maybe you've had some experience in, in a church where somebody has just has just uh, stomped on you and, and they've stomped on your heart and they've they've crushed your heart to, to the point to where to where you're very wary about anybody uh, telling you that the Bible says this, this, and this. Maybe, you're, maybe you're, you're on guard and you're uh, very, you're very uh, sensitive and very guarded about what you're going to listen to and what you're going to receive as truth. But let me tell you today, hey, th- this is a safe place. This is a place where if you haven't already experienced it, I, I guarantee you, if you'll, give a- if you'll give us a chance, you will experience love here. Because what you'll find at Crosspoint is people who love you. Uh, it- we-, we love you because you are you. We love you because you are valuable. You are uh, are loved by God. You are valuable to God. And God is interested in you. Now that doesn't mean we agree with everything you do. That doesn't mean that we agree with everything everybody does. That doesn't mean we agree with everything that we do. But it means we love you. It means we're going to do everything we can to encourage you to follow the word of God. And to honor him with your life. So, so if if in the past you've had you've had a religious experience that has left your heart heartened, uh, your hard heartened, uh, your heart hardened. Let me encourage you. Don't don't have that hard heart. This morning, let your heart be tender to the word of God. What what needs to happen in the hard heart that? that hardened ground needs to be broken up. There needs to be a breakthrough where where it becomes tender. How does a farmer uh, break up the ground that's hardened? He takes a plow and just begins to plow it and and, and break through that packed earth. And the word of God not only is a seed, but it's also a plow. And God uses the preaching of the word of God to plow up our hearts. The Bible says to break up the fallow ground of your heart. That hardened heart. Hey, let's let's let it be broken up by the word of God, be tenderized and softened to receive the word of God. Let's not let's not give Satan an opportunity to get victory once again in our lives. Let's not walk away from here in the same bondage and uh, to sin the same uh, the same blindness to the light of God's truth. Let's not leave here with the same emptiness in our life that we came in with. But let's come and let's open our hearts to receive what God has for us. Don't have a hard heart today the second uh, the second kind of ground was the was the the stony or the shallow ground it had a little bit of earth but underneath that that shallow layer of soil was a lot of rocks where the roots of the where the seed the seed began to grow it, there was the soil, there was the, there was the warmth, there was the, uh, the moisture, and the seed began to grow. But because of the shallowness of the soil, uh, the roots began to go down and they hit rock. And they weren't able to get any further. They weren't able to take deep root. And, and so, uh, and so as, as that tender plant began to grow with the shallow root system, the sun became baking down on it and, and, and it withered up and it died. And you know, I've seen, I've seen so many times people come, uh, come to church and, and they, uh, and, and they uh, put their faith in Jesus Christ. They receive the word of God. They receive the truth of the word of God, but they don't stick with it. They don't allow the roots to go down deep, to, to bear the fruit that God desires to bear. There's not the spiritual growth that takes place. And their lives are very shallow. And it may be because of some, uh, some situations in their life that, that has some underlying hardened, uh, hardness in their hearts. On the surface, they're not hard-hearted. On the surface, they're just fine. But maybe underneath, there's, there's some, uh, s- some false doctrine that doesn't allow the, that doesn't allow the roots to go down deep. Maybe there's some experiences in, in their life that, that they're, just, they're just being willful and they're not willing to, to let the Word of God have its way. And, and they say things like, as I mentioned earlier, they'll say things like, well, I know the Bible says that, but... Oh, I believe the Bible and I love the Bible, and you know I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, to to use cuss words, and I'm not going to cheat on my wife. But uh, but you know but then, then they'll make excuses for things that they watch on television, or the movies, or the places that they or, or the places they they go for entertainment. And I'm not saying that that all TV shows and movies are bad. I'm not saying that. I'm saying they'll make excuses for the bad stuff they watch. Because they want God to be God in part of their life, but they don't want to give Him, uh, they don't want to give him access and, and authority in all of their life. But the reality is, if you're a child of God, you are not your own. You're bought with a price wherefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. If you will yield to God those areas that you have have uh, rebelled against him and you've hardened your heart toward him in certain areas, if you will yield that to him, you will find a life of fruitfulness and that fruit will abound and you will find joy and love and peace and and you'll find that God is blessing you in ways that you could never imagine and it will but it will not happen if we hold on to those hardened areas in our life, those things that we're just we've determined that this is this is mine, and I'm not giving it up. You know, it's kind of like, kind of like uh, we we've approached we've approached Christ often like he's like he's some uh, some sports team or or some uh, brand that we that we really like. You know, um, I. I am. I, I use a. I use a smartphone. I use a tablet. I, I. I use a. A laptop, and they're all. They're all made by the same. By the same brand. And I. And I. And I like it. I like to be able to. Uh, to interact. I like for the way that they interact with each other, and, and I don't have to go and, and transfer this over here and this over. You know, I. I like the. I like the clean and streamlined. Uh, experience that I have with these. You know, are there some things that I don't like about it, perhaps? But I but I'm not going to junk it all because of a couple of things that I don't like. I enjoy the whole. But sadly, many times we approach Jesus as the same as the same thing as in this, in the same way. He's a, he's a brand. And and we and we enjoy it, but but when he begins to want to make some updates in our life. We, we might just kind of hold off on, making, on, on on updating those until we see if it's all working out in somebody else, right? Isn't that how we do? Whenever they, whenever they, they have a, a new uh, update for your operating system, for your computer or your phone, you kind of wait and, and see what everybody... You kind of wait till they work all the bugs out, right? But see, God has an update for you every day from His Word. And, and, there's, and, and the truth is that there's no bugs in his update. The bugs are in you that he's trying to update and get those out. And, and we, need to, we need to not harden our hearts and say, well, I'm not going to receive that. We need to say, Lord, whatever you say to me today, that's what I want to do. Like the children of Israel said, all that the Lord hath said will we do and be obedient. Lord, I'm not going to hold anything back from you. I'm not going to hold my, my goals, my plans, my career. I'm not going to hold my family. I'm not going to hold my future. I'm not going to hold my finances back from you, Lord. Whatever you say, I, it's yours. I belong to you and so does, my, so, does, so does my stuff. It's yours. The songwriter said, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. May that be our testimony today. Let's, let's not allow uh, areas of our life to be hardened. The, the Bible says the Bible says uh, that some uh, fell among, uh, uh, on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. but when the sun was up, it was scorched because it, it had no root and it withered away. The Bible says in verse 16, These are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time afterward when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they're offended. Many times people will come to church and they'll hear something that they don't like. And rather than, rather than submitting themselves to the authority of the word of God, they would rather go somewhere else where they're not going to hear that preached. That's not the answer. There was an evangelist uh, that uh, that was very uh, that was used by God to see many people saved in his ministry, and and one day he ca- he came and was preparing for his for his crusade, and and uh, some of his helpers told him said, said uh, you're you're rubbing the cat the- in this city there pe- there's a lot of people mad at you you're rubbing the cat the wrong way, and he said well turn the cat around. It's it's not the message that needs to change, but rather it's our lives that need to change. And, and, and it's not that our lives need to change by going somewhere where the, somebody's going to say the things that's going to make us feel good. But rather, our lives need to, need to change in the ways that the Word of God tells us to change. We need to submit ourselves to the teaching of the Word of God. And, and how are we going to know what it says? You, can, you need to read it every day. Let me encourage you. Be in the Word of God. Read the Word of God daily. Uh, Meditate on it. Think about it. Memorize the scriptures. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The Bible says that if you'll do that, the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Don't let let the word of God be offensive to you because you have only allowed it to take shallow root in your life. What we need is we need to let the Word of God expose to us those rocks in our life, those hardened areas, and and we need to remove those hindrances to God's Word uh, uh, taking root in our lives. And we we need to allow His Word to go down deep and for us to be rooted and grounded in God and His love. don't have a stony heart thirdly crowded we find that the third the on the third uh piece of of ground where the seed fell the seed was not able to to grow like and, and produce the fruit that was desired because it was just too crowded there were thorns, there were weeds, there were other things that were growing there that had, that had taken up space in that piece of, of soil so that, the, so that the seed that was sown was not able to grow and produce uh, fruit like, like the sower wanted it to. And the Bible says that the, that the seed, it, it began to grow, but the thorns choked it and it withered away. And it didn't bear any fruit. Often I've found that, that in our lives we allow things to get in, to get in and, and we, we've allowed our schedule, we've allowed our hobbies, we've allowed our friends, we've allowed entertainment, we've allowed so many other things to so crowd our time, our, our, our schedules, we've allowed it to crowd our priorities, so there's very little time left for God. You know, if we, if we honestly put God first as He desires and I'm speaking to Christians here, if we honestly put God first as He desires and as He deserves, we'd never miss church unless we were, unless we were sick and absolutely providentially hindered. Because we would be where, God, where God's people are, where God tells us to be not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. If, if, but, but too often we've allowed things. The Bible says, the pleasures of this life... Uh, he, says, uh, he says, these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lusts of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Many times people will come to church, and, and they'll, or they'll get saved, and they'll, they'll come to church, but then they get distracted very easily by other things. They'll get distracted by what somebody else is doing or what they're not doing. And they'll allow a sour spirit to, to, take, to take control and they'll begin to be critical. And they'll begin to gossip and to begin to spread that, uh, spread that critical spirit around. And, and, and they'll find that they're separating more and more and dividing more and more. And before long, they're out. But before they left, they infected several people along the way. Why? Because they didn't let the word of God have preeminence and have its place. But rather they allowed the cares of this life. They allowed their lust for other things. The the, the desi- sinful desires for other things to take precedent in their life. And so they weren't focused on God. They didn't keep their eyes on Jesus Christ. But they turned their eyes to, to man. They began to look at at people and they began to look at things and and they began to to see what what you know this person's driving this this fancy new car and I didn't I haven't had a new car in years and and this person just moved into this house and I don't live in a house I mean it's got a swimming pool and I don't have a swimming pool at my house and and you know they begin to this person got a promotion and I haven't gotten a promotion in a long time and I, maybe, some of those things are, maybe some of those things are because of your attitude and, the, and your work ethic and things like that. But, but we'll, we'll begin to look around at what everybody else has and whatever, every, what everybody else is doing and, and, we'll, and we'll see what we don't have and we grow to, to be covetous. And our heart is not set on things above as God says for us to do. And we begin to desire earthly things and focus on things that are here. And, and we're drawn away from God and His Word. And His Word is choked out. And it doesn't have the effect in our lives that He desires. Let's not, let's not let our lives become too crowded. Hey, it might, be, it might be high time for some of us to do some weeding in our heart garden. Amen? to pull some weeds, to go through and and prioritize our life and put God first. You know, we need to to prioritize our roles. First and foremost, I am a child of God. And my relationship with Him must come first above everything else. Because if I'm not right with Him, I cannot be right with anybody else. But as I am right with him, he helps me to be right with every other part of my life. Secondly, after my relationship with God is my relationship with my wife. and That, is the, she, that relationship with Mackenzie is, is the second most important uh, role that I, that I have, that God has given me. Again, first my relationship with him, then my relationship with her. Then my relationship with my boys. As a dad, my responsibility is to them uh, uh, after my relationship to God and my wife above everything else and everything else comes after those things I guess next i'm I am a preacher of the word of God I'm a pastor that is that is high in my priority list. Those are the roles that God has given me. What roles has God given you? What are the roles that God has given to you? And are you doing what God has called you to do to make those, those areas as successful as they possibly can be? If we'll keep God first, He'll help everything else. You know, it might be that we've allowed some other things to come higher in our than our relationship with him or higher than our relationship with our family. We need to we need to do some weeding. You know even our hobbies and things like that it comes way on down the line. Notice I didn't say Is my re- my relationship with myself. No. If you're right with God and you're right with your spouse and you're right with your kids, hey, you'll be right with yourself. Your spouse will make sure of that. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, God will help you to be sure of that. God will help you to, to prioritize your life and to keep things the way that it should be. So His Word is having the effect in your life that it should. His Word will not be choked out and you will be fruitful. So let me encourage you to do some evaluation this, this afternoon and maybe pull some weeds. Maybe you've put too many things. You know, uh, J.C. Penney said, uh, and it's not just a story, it was a, it was a real guy. Um, J.C. Penney said that if you're too busy to go to church and serve God, you're too busy. Hey, we, need to, we need to not just go to church, we need to serve God. We need to honor Him and His Word. We need to be effective for Jesus Christ. Then, then fourthly, is the good ground. The soil was good. It was soft, broken up, ready to receive the word. When the seed was planted, it took root. When the word of God is preached, do you receive it with gladness? Do you receive it or do you sit there saying, I sure am glad that so-and-so is here because they really needed this today. See, this message is for me. As I'm, as I'm preaching this, I'm preaching to myself first. And this message is to you. Each and every person here, God wants you to receive this message and to inspect your heart, you know, uh, check your heart. See, how is your heart today? Is it hard? Is it shallow? Is it crowded? Or is it good? Are you receiving what God is saying? As, as I'm going through each of, these, uh, each of these descriptions of the hearts of man, uh, are, we, are we seeing areas that we need to correct? Is God Are we allowing God to show us those areas of our life that need to be changed? Now here's the thing. You can't change it, but you decide for it to be changed. The way that it is changed is when you decide that you want it changed and you submit yourself to God and you say, God, here I am, please help, help my hard heart. You know what he said? He said he'll remove a stony heart and he'll replace it with a heart of flesh. He'll do the change in your heart if you will turn to him and ask him. If you'll allow him to make the change in you, he'll... he'll Help you to remove those areas that are hindering you from being, uh, from, from uh, the Word of God taking root in your life. He'll help you see the things of your life that need to be changed so that your life is prioritized properly. And He'll help the Word of God to take root if you'll be open to it. Now, I'm a, I want to sow some seed this morning, and I hope that it'll be received. The seed is the word of God. For the child of God, God says in Romans 12, He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Here's what God says in His word. He says, He says, He he says he wants us to receive this seed in good ground. Good hearts, ready to receive, ready to let God's word take root and make a difference in our life and produce fruit. Here's the fruit that he wants. He wants your life to be surrendered. He wants you to live a holy life. You say, well, I can't do that. No, that's right, you can't, but he can through you. Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What he's saying is, the life that I live now, he said, I'm living it according to the leading of God in his word. Jesus Christ is living through me. As the believers there in the New Testament let, uh, yielded to Jesus for Jesus to live, there, live through them, the people in the land around them saw how they were reflecting Jesus Christ and they said, you're just like Jesus. You're like little Jesuses. You're Christian. That's where that came from. Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. This is what God is going to produce in us. He says he wants us to love God and love one another as we love ourselves. So child of God, will you surrender your life to God and and offer your, uh, your life, your body as a living sacrifice for God to live his life through you? To show the world the love that Jesus has for them? That's what he wants for you. And if you'll do that, your life will be fruitful. Some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. It'll be what God produces. I want, to be ma- I, want, I want the maximum fruitfulness for my life. So I need to be completely yielded to Him. For those of you that are here, perhaps you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior. Here is the seed that, I, that God wants sown to you today. It's that God loves you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. See, God loves you even though you are a sinner. How dare you call me a sinner? Hey, hey, it's just one sinner calling another sinner a sinner, right? You know, takes one to know one, right? Hey, I, that's what, I was born a sinner, but I've been born again by Jesus Christ. I've been birthed into the family of God. My sins are washed away. In God's eyes, I'm no longer a sinner. But if you're still in your sin, God says, look, hey, I want to do the same for you. I want to wash your sins away. I want, to, I want your life to be, uh, to be transformed. I want you to be birthed into the family of God. The Bible says, as many as received him, To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. If you'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ today, the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. If you'll put your faith in Jesus Christ, notice I didn't say, I didn't say, uh, how long have you been a church member or, or what church are you a member of? I didn't ask you that. I didn't ask you how how many times you've gone to church, how many times you've read through the Bible, how many verses you have memorized. Uh, I didn't ask you if you've kept the Ten Commandments because I I know the answer to that is no. None of us have. We can't because we're sinful. But Jesus Christ came to forgive you of that. See, the Bible says the wages of sin, that's breaking God's law. The wages of sin is death. And as we read the Scriptures, we understand that that means eternal separation from God in a place that the Bible calls hell and then the lake of fire. That's not a pleasant place. And God doesn't want you to go there, but because of man's sin, man has chosen to to go that way. Remember, Jesus said, I didn't come to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. Jesus didn't, doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Jesus came to deliver us from our sins so we don't have to go to hell. He came to offer you life. And he says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus died on the cross. The wages of sin is death. Well, Jesus died on the cross. Uh, he shed his blood. He, he gave his life for you. But he didn't stay dead on the third day. He rose again and won the victory showing that what he had done, he was successful at. He gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins so that he could get offer us the gift of eternal life. He could offer us forgiveness. He could offer us a new life in Jesus Christ. You say, wow, if somebody, was, if somebody gave themselves to suffer and to die for me so that I could have eternal life, that must, cost, that must be something that's gonna cost me a lot. Let me tell you what it'll cost you it'll cost you pride. Because you need to set aside your pride and say, I can't save myself. It's gonna cost you your religion. Because you're going to have to say, I understand as religious as I am or as irreligious as I am, I know that religion is not going to get me there. So you set aside your religion and you just turn to Jesus and trust him. We understand that Jesus Christ is the only way we're going to get to heaven. He's the only way we're going to have eternal life. So we trust him. You trusted your car to get you here today. And, and there, while there are many ways you could walk or you could take a bus or you could hitch a ride with somebody else, there are many ways that you could get here uh, uh, as far as transportation. There are many roads that would lead, lead to this place. Uh, you, could, you could come up Altadena uh, Drive or you could come up, uh, uh, you could come up uh, uh, Sierra Madre over here. And there uh, are many ways that you could get here. But there's one way to heaven. There's one road to heaven. There's one door to heaven. One, one means of getting to heaven and all of that. It's Jesus Christ and him alone. It's not by works of righteousness which we've done. The Bible says that the best things that we do, our righteousness in, in and of ourselves, the best that we can muster up in God's eyes is filthy rags. And that doesn't measure his standard of holy, measure up to his standard of holiness and righteousness. So because all we have is filthy rags to offer a holy God, we need somebody to intervene. We need God. We need holy God to intervene. And he did in the person of Jesus Christ. God the Son became, became flesh and gave himself to wash our sins away and to give us his righteousness. He says, look, I'll take that unrighteousness. I'll take those filthy rags and I'll put them under my blood. And you're washed clean. And here, this is my righteousness I'm going to give to you. So now when God looks at me and you, he sees the righteousness of Christ. So for those who have yet to trust Jesus as your Savior, you're still carrying around those filthy rags of your sin and, the, and, and, and your righteousness. But Jesus says, look, I'll, I'll trade you. Give me those things and I'll give you salvation i'll give you my righteousness if you'll just trust if you'll just ask the bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the lord jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that god hath raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation you say well i I don't i don't know what to say there's nothing magical about the words you say. It's faith from your heart. Do you understand that you're a sinner? Do you understand that your sin has separated from you from God and, and is taking you to hell? Do you understand that you can't be good enough to undo all your wrong and to make yourself acceptable to God? Do you believe that Jesus died on the cross for you to provide salvation for you. And that he'll give it to you if you'll just ask him. That's what he says. It says, for whosoever, that's me and you, shall call upon the name of the Lord. That, that call, uh, when, when, you, when you study that, that verse out, all it means is you're crying out to him and asking him. Shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved neither is there salvation in any other for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved so the seed that i'm sowing today in the hearts uh, of those who have yet to receive jesus as your savior is jesus wants to save you and he will if you'll ask him to you're a sinner jesus is the savior he died to forgive you of your sins he rose again to give you new life, will you trust Him? Will you ask Him today? How's your heart? Is it hard? Are you rejecting the Word of God? Is it shallow? Are you not going to let the Word of God take deep root in your life because of just some things that you're holding on to? Is, is your heart crowded with some distractions, some cares of this life? Or is your heart good ground that the Word of God can, can grow deep and, and produce fruit in your life? Child of God, are you surrendered to to Jesus Christ and yielding to Him, following Him each and every day? Those who have yet to trust Jesus as your Savior, will you today? Will Will you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved today? The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but it says the gift of God is eternal life. A gift can only be received or rejected. Will you receive it today? Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for your truth. I want to thank you that you want to change lives today. You want to make a difference in our lives. But in order for you to make the difference that you desire, we must receive your word. We must not allow the cares of this life to choke out your word. We must not allow hardened areas of our heart to resist your word from taking deep root. But Lord, we need to be totally open to you for your word to take root and produce fruit. Please have your will and way in our lives today. In Jesus' name, amen.